I'm going to get like a seraphim, which yep. translates to the burning ones in the book of Enoch. It's there are nine different basically like levels of angels. It's the organizational tiers that they, yeah. Yeah, like the lowest being closest to earth and the highest being closest to God and vice versa. And uh, the seraphim, there's not a lot of description. I was actually looking for like if there was uniqueness to any of them, to be one that like closely resembles to me. But the only description was they were all doing the same thing. They weren't named. They were just called the burning ones, the seraphs. Yeah. And so now I'm trying to get a custom art of something closely to it biblically because it's two wings covering the face, two wings covering the feet, and then two wings flying, so six wings in total. And basically there's like so cool. there's like a glowing from behind where the face is covered. Huh? Any eyes. There are a lot of well, eyes in the Bible. When they're described angles. as golden eyes. But then again, like in the book of Revelations, it says a lot of things we can't comprehend. So that's the closest thing yeah. earth-wise we can pair it to. But I really don't want to get something – I don't want to have, like, involving eyes all over it. No, just one, eyes can mean a bunch of different things. Just like I know there are certain angels who had um, – it was just concentric, concentric circles, okay? So there was a circle and then another one and then another yeah. one, and they were all covered in yeah, eyes, and, and then they had wings as well. And it was like – well, there was one of them where there was no wings. It literally just – it said it was one kind of, like, bronze eye in the middle, mm -hmm. and it was, like, like basically they described described as, like, flaming – like, flaming chariot. It was kind of like the wheels, but it was like cool. it was covered. It was like one whole circle with one orb in the middle that was like an eye, and the outside was covered in eyes, and they can move in any direction without rotating. So, are yours? Is, your tattoo is going to be humanoid. It's going to be like a human-shaped angel yeah. with wings. That's going to have six wings, and they're are they coming out of like the heels of the feet, like the back? Well, they of the all feet? come from the back, but like they're humongous wings, right? Oh, so their wings are like massive, huge. Yeah. And so they kind of like wrap down towards the feet and then two wrap around the face and then two flying. And there's actually like a bunch of theories on why they're covering the face and feet. That's really sick too. Wow. All right. So this is going to be our episode with <laughs> Chance today. And um, this is was just him describing the new tattoo he's going to be getting on. Wh where are you going to be getting it? Uh, only on this form because I already have the I Am tattoo, the first name God. Yeah. Tattoo with X's. And then I have the Roman numerals for one of my close friends' is a death date, Colby Cressenbeck. Yep. So I'm making this one all, like, angelic and stuff. Very and nice. A lot of them, both of them are going to be biblical. Yeah. But this one I want to be, like, more the dark side. Like, nothing, like, you know, dark side, but you're saying, like, just the other. The, the other half of the story. Yeah, exactly. The other half. That's yeah. perfectly, that's the best way to put it, too. Um, what was I going to say? Like, this one's going to be all Enoch and, like, Heaven Realm and stuff like this. Oh, I love it. And I already got the first plan out for this song. It was going to be, I want to have some kind of, like, oak tree or something yep. with a snake wrapped around it for a snake in the garden. Very nice. And that's where I was going to start and then go through the story like that. Of course. Yeah, because you got to start from the beginning, if anywhere. Exactly. So, um, let me see. <laughs> I, I was going to have, I, I had a question about that one. Is there any particular reason why it's that angel? and not one of the other depictions of angels in Enoch? Well, I feel like a lot of angels are, one, misinterpreted, and two, they're very well common. Like, you can get somebody that knows nothing about it and be like, oh, I'm going to get the Archangel Michael or something like that when they don't even know stuff he did or all this. And a lot of people don't even know all the angels they know, like Uriel, uh, Raphael. Azrael. Yeah, they aren't even mentioned in the actual Bible. I just remember what I was about to say. Okay, <laughs> so one of your tattoos is I am. Yeah. You know, in French, I am is je suis, yeah. but it's spelled J-E-S-U-I. 
IS. Yes. Yeah. So it's almost Jesus. That's pretty sick, actually. It's almost Jesus, but it's I am. Yeah. It's I, I don't know. I've always thought yeah. there was it's something. Just we are Shans Mullins somehow. We. <laughs> but it's pretty sick though. That was a completely different topic that yeah. we talked about. No, but <laughs> like, but the thing is, like, even um, Older Testament, when God was spoken about or talked to, or he talked to the people, he referred to himself as I am. Yeah, that was the first time he was actually given a name. Exactly. And it is, and he told, what was it? He said, go to my people and tell them that it is I am. Yeah. And I am the I am. That's one of the main reasons I got this tattoo. That's got to be, I mean, there has to be something that is a line between that and you know somewhere in hinduism where yeah. it's seeing the i the singular capital i in everybody seeing god in everyone and i telling people that you know you walk up to a group of people and you're like hi i know you're god and he told me to tell you that he is i am and there's I mean, do you see the line? Do you yeah, see the similarity? Yeah, there's a lot of distinction between a bunch of other religions. There's all the same story. Just it's different all the same story, but from people living at different points on the globe, looking up and thinking about the same stuff from different lines, different yeah. flows. It's like, okay, this is a difficult color line, but this is all a metaphor to think of. Like, if you mix up a Rubik's Cube, right? Yeah, fair. It's, at the end of the puzzle, it's the same puzzle. But if you look at different side, there's different color combinations on exactly. each side while it's mixed up. But regardless, you solve it, it's going to be the same no matter what. Exactly. Yep. There is this giraffe sitting on the desk right here. Yeah. And from my point of view, I can only see its right side. Yeah. And from your point of view, you can see the front. So if I'm telling you there is only a right side to this giraffe, it's because I can only see that right side. But you can see the front side. So if we all – and you can see a different side. What was your name again? Caleb. Caleb is also here. Um, so, cool you know, is, we like, all talk to each other about the different sides, and that's when we can form the picture of what it actually looks like. And the funny thing is, from our perspectives, neither of us can see the full thing. Exactly. Neither of us can see the full thing. And no one ever can, right? Well. The full thing. All yeah. of it. There is, to the true story, I feel like the full thing is incomprehensible until you get there. Exactly. The yeah. You can only take what you interpret. I mean, I believe personally that like you can be shown things supernaturally. Like, I think that the, the human mind generally does have limits as to what it can comprehend and what it can hold. And at a certain point, it would just break because it would be trying to take in too much. That's actually one of the theories about why um, the seraphim cover their face. It's not even in Revelations or Enoch when they're mentioned. Mm. It's actually in the book of Isaiah. Okay. So Isaiah has a vision of God on his throne and the only angels around him in the same room are the seraphim. And they're, going, they're circling him singing like, holy, holy. I forgot. I'm not going to say Holy, that. holy, holy, Lord God Almighty. Yeah. And then it's like, like something that. else, but I'm not going to try to guess what it is because yeah. I don't know where for it. I don't mess it up. But um, yeah, one of the theories was they're covering their face to protect Isaiah because it was so like his brain not I mean, comprehend Yeah, in the Bible, like people who opened the uh the covenant or touched the Ark of the Covenant died because in they the couldn't Testament. yeah, they couldn't handle it basically. Their body shut down because Which goes to the story of David, I told you. Yeah. Like because if y'all know David in the Bible says he dances naked in the street in his underwear, and that's a pretty common story, but if you don't know, he does that. And Jerusalem, when he first becomes king, and he's doing worship, he's dancing naked. 
Afterwards, his wife at the time gets upset with him and says, and all he says is, one day I'll become even more undignified than this. But there was not another instance of him dancing naked or even more undignified in the Bible. That is the most undignified he gets personally. Yeah. But Jesus was a descendant of David. And what he was referring to actually was Jesus being stripped completely naked, beaten. Right. after, like, Right before he was put on the cross. Yes. And the cool thing is Jesus lived for 30 years and had three years of uh, ministry, which was 33 years. David ruled Jerusalem for 33 years. Exactly. Really? And he, I held, never he held a tabernacle of worship um, the entire time, like throughout the entirety of his reign, like 33 years straight. They had teams of worship leaders and stuff like that that would go on at different times. Can't give you an exact time because biblical seasons are a lot different than the Yeah, of course. It's, it's changed a lot over, what, so, three, four millennia at this yeah. point. Yeah. So what, a cool thing about it is, though, um, like, he, like you were saying, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, when they when it was touched by a normal person, they would die. Like they couldn't witness. They it. They couldn't handle it. Yeah. And that was the only place at that time you could supposedly witness the Holy Spirit. See God. Yeah. yeah. Have that God presence on earth. The cool thing is, biblically, um, whenever they take, so David, whenever he was ruling, they took the Ark of the Covenant. They tried to take it the man's way by on an ox where no one was touching it, so on a carriage, on a chariot. Yeah. They got halfway. And everyone that touched it died. They got halfway, they couldn't. They couldn't have it. Three months later, they go to get again. But this time, they worshipped the entire time, and they had a blood sacrifice every six steps. And they were actually that was the first time biblically they were able to touch it by hand, and no one perished. As long as they were worshiping the whole time, they could touch it. And the cool thing is, whenever they finally brought it to David's, uh, they finally brought it to David's tabernacle. It was the first time in biblical history that you could. Actually, wouldn't like it was no longer in the room called the Holies of the Holies, where only the high priest. Everybody could be. Everyone there. could be in front of it, and no one would perish. And no that one. ended up being the entire point of Jesus coming to Earth, so that yes. God could be had for everyone, yeah. not even just the people in the Middle East who thought that was the entire world at the time. Yeah, and like the cool thing is, like I said, they had a blood sacrifice with six steps. They left the blood trail going all the way to Jerusalem, and then once that was it, all regular people could witness. All God, the but the thing is, it's like. Okay, part of me wants to say, like, this is all written by these historians of this time being told what to write, okay? A lot of the times, at least. You know, these people who tried to get close to God pre-this and then were killed, what if they were just killed by the people who were protecting it because they didn't want them to get that close? That's the thing. It seriously could have just been right that God killed them because maybe they interpreted it as if they get near it, you need to kill them and say that it was me who did it. Or at that very least that I told you to and that I worked through you because that would be God from their point of view working through people to prevent that person from seeing God, whatever was in the Ark of the Covenant, you know? Yeah, um, if you look in the detailed description, I mean, like you said, this is only one side of the picture. But in my personal beliefs, like they said, sin cannot be present in God's presence. Darkness cannot be present in light. But why do innocent animals have to die for that? Because these, I mean, well, that's why would God, an, a loving God at this point who wants these people to be near him, to experience him, demand the sacrifice of these thousands of animals for that? I, you know, and obviously... 
the people back then and people today will look at that and be like, that is a small drop of blood for the sacrifice that would end up, you know, helping humanity. But uh, still, it's like God, the almighty, the all powerful. Should he not have been able to, at the very least, make it to where they didn't have to do that? Yeah, I think about that all the time. But um, and it's obviously like incomprehensible ways. You know, we're not supposed to be able to comprehend how he works from their yeah. perspective. Like a lot of times, I've thought about like I'm not taking for granted in my beliefs that Jesus is sacrificed, but I've thought about like why would he have to sacrifice himself? Exactly. It's another paradox. Like, and I, I I see it as sort of a metaphor. Like, oh, he had to die so that you may live. But it's I think the metaphor is the past has to die so you can fully live right because yeah. that is the past the old testament way of sacrificing things to get into heaven that dying passing away so that this new path to heaven through jesus or through jesui yeah but think about it this way um what if because you were saying like why don't animals have to die and stuff like that yeah sorry i do go on tangents yeah well think about it this way because you know how like jesus is the man form of god and he was in the beginning and all this stuff correct yes and Jesus is God in man form. But what if, from his perspective, that was him saying, like, say there needed to be a blood sacrifice for whatever unknown reason. What if that was his way of being like, I will make the sacrifice for y'all. I'm showing you how much I love y'all. Because if you look biblically, everyone's supposed to be healed once they're in heaven, right? Jesus is the only body in heaven that is not healed. He still has the holes in his hands and in his feet. It's, I mean, it's a lot. It really is a lot. I mean, no one's ever going to know the true You're right. No one's going to know it till you're there, you know? That's actually a new way I really like thinking about it. Very interesting way to think about it, though, yeah. Wow. But is he seen in heaven with holes in his hands? Because that was only on Earth that we we were talked about. He is seen on Earth um, post-crucifixion, post, you know, he was dead for three days. He went up to heaven or... No, well, there are visions of heaven after his um after his crucifixion. with him there. Yes, with, with holes in his hands. Yes. by who? Um, by I don't want to get the name. Was it by the or, people, or do you know if it's any of his disciples at the time who had seen him previous? Um, I know for sure. I forgot the name. I need to reread up on it. But in Revelations, the one who wrote Revelation, John. One. This was pre-acceptance of Christianity into the Roman Church, into Christianity becoming the Roman. Uh, religion. Was everyone was saying that he wasn't the Messiah and it wasn't an open concept. Yeah, and Romans, for the most part, were still, I, as far as I was led to believe, or I remember at least, Romans were still um, multi-deistic, polytheistic. That's the word, polytheistic. Yeah. They believed in many gods. They had Zeus and, you know, Aphrodite yeah. and Poseidon. But the Romans, well, that wasn't the belief that persecuted him. But you're right. Uh, on the other side, the Roman or the Roman Catholics now, the Romans were trying to please the Jewish population as well. Yeah, and because Jesus's testimony was heresy to the Jewish population. Yeah. If it was the, uh, Roman mythology that got crucified, they wouldn't put King of the Jews on the side. They no. Yeah. They would have King of the Zeus or something. God, right. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know, but there's a lot people can't see, um, I think the only and, way you truly I mean, know is experiencing it at your afterlife. Yeah. I, because a lot of things we'll just never be able to know because yeah. we weren't there. Yeah.
I got my opinions, my beliefs, but my job isn't to. I don't think anybody's job should be pushing on anybody, and I think that's what's one issue with the church now. Yes, I feel like a lot of people try to force it. Like my job is to educate. Like me and you have different perspectives and beliefs on it, and it's really fun to still be able to have these conversations because you're not forcing me to believe one thing. I'm not forcing you to believe one thing. Yeah, and we can just educate each other on a different point of view. Exactly, and, and that see, might make a whole new point. Of view. See the giraffe from a different side. Yeah. yeah. So like you can't see the spots on here. Let me tell you about them. Exactly, and I mean, it all opens up with just more communication. It's always been, um, well, it's been inevitable since communication arose from words, and then to written text, and then to you know, then the translations. But yeah. I don't think we should get started on that. It's gonna be a whole... editing on editing on editing <laughs> on editing. Yeah, exactly. Just make the whole podcast in Hebrew. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at, at the very least, we could say we took it to its roots, and this is, hey, this is what they want you to know. It goes viral in uh, Israel. <laughs> dude, that's how I feel sometimes, like, my social media and stuff like that. Because, dude, okay, my main viewers are in America, usually in California or um, local. Mm-hmm. But I have a very big following. I don't know if someone was just free running and stuff like that in India. Really? That's super yes. cool. Yes. Like, and it's not bots either. Like, I have people from India and uh, Uganda. And, like, That's awesome. Asking me about my experiences content and stuff like that and conveying me what they do. And it's really cool to see how so many people from, like, so far away have the same interests. Right? It's it's seeing that eye in everyone. Yeah. Because you're seeing their eye. That who yeah. they def- – what they define themselves by, you know? I wonder if they go through the same thing. He's like, actually, I don't even think they do because I talked to, um, what's his name? This guy on Instagram, his handle is, his handle is me underscore feelings with a Z. I forgot his actual name, but we've been talking for a few weeks now. And we talked about how like people react differently. So like we have kind of the same career. He's a performer. So he does his tricks, but like come on the stage for like kids and stuff like that. And I just do my tricks for social media and also personal growth. Yeah. And and to compete hopefully one day soon. But even through my graduation, I got made fun of like through, I thought these like people were my friends. Like yeah. telling me, oh, do a flip or something like this. And I thought I was being cool, but I realized later looking back at it, they were like making fun of me for it. It sucks. And uh, there was an experience I had similar to that recently, just from another person. But it sucks to look back and see these people who acted interested in the world. Yeah. Because that that you sh- put on your story earlier yeah. that was so sick and i'm not i can't do that and i'm not even gonna try to do it but i'm okay with it but i love that you are like so close because that is so exciting to me dude it's a fight it's like i love cars too it's like it's like you're in the last like three seconds of a race and you don't know who's gonna win it's like it's like you're battling yourself exactly it's a mental block. because if you're thinking too much about it you're gonna mess up because you're gonna overcompensate basically right yeah and then if you're not thinking enough about it it's walking the tightrope you know yeah, between it's like, between like, trying and not how you just mentioned you can't do it i mean you're physically capable of doing it if you believe it or yeah, not exactly but you never you never went through, you never chased it, so your mind is like in the dark about it. You don't even know how to approach yeah, it. Yeah, I don't have the motivation to do it currently <laughs> is the thing. And yeah. realistically, if I wanted to, and who God knows, I, I can't speak for myself in 10 years. Maybe I'll be able to do some triple backflips. We just walk into work and see Josh hitting a triple full. The yeah, train. exactly. <laughs> I would even buy one, dude. I'll buy you lunch for a week if I saw that. All right, I'll have to keep that in mind. Good text. Give myself a uh, yeah. Give myself a goal to work towards. 
Fair enough, though. Uh, but you're right. It is that mental block. It, because realistically, there's nothing there holding me back from it except myself. Yeah. Like the I trampolines was, are right there. <laughs> you work at a trampoline park, dude. Exactly. No, but, like, it's really cool because like, I see people of all different body styles. Like, I'm not as lean as I used to be. And mm-hmm. I'm not as lean as I want to be. I'm actually cutting down right now still. I'm down to, like, 167. Yeah. But, like, for my – I'm 5'9". Exactly. So I mean, it's a – one fifty-five would be perfect. That's where I used to be uh, back when I fought. Which, like, I I feel like it's unhealthy to think about yourselves in terms of this goal will make me completely perfect. Because then, if you waver on that goal, like you, you drop to one fifty-four, then you're like, ah, fuck, I'm you know a a pound off, and then you go up three pounds, you're like, no, yeah, I'll never reach it. It's you see, I'm like, I'm confident in my size. It doesn't like dictate how I see myself. Exactly. But I still have those personal goals. That's like, no, that's totally fair. And yeah. The only way I think you can approach something like that is if you're literally doing it for yourself, not to look better for other people. Exactly. Because yeah. if you look at it as I want to look this way and be better for other people, then that's how I approach it the first time. And that's how it's going to waver, you know. You but if you're it. focusing on it for yourself, you're right. It's going to be uh, an even better motivational factor than any thing or person or idea could have ever like, been. Dude, if I'm like, if I know. I've dealt with this a long time, so I know my calorie maintenance. I know I was, I know exactly how to cut, so I can do it. It's honestly just discipline. But like, if you look at it for yourself, and you're like, okay, if I get to this, I can truly do what I want. It's gonna be with body weight. It's just if you know how to do it, and you know you can get what you truly want from this, or even improve what you already have. Anything. It could be applied to anything. Exactly. You can get down to that. And um, relative you, to you know your personal life. If you do it for other people, though, you're gonna constantly be looking at yourself in the mirror, not in how you feel. And if you constantly look yourself in the mirror, you develop something I did, which is body dysmorphia. Yeah. Like now, I, I've gotten over it to the most part, but sometimes I still think like, I don't think I'm overweight, but sometimes look, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm too wide. You know what I mean? But in reality, I'm in like the same pants size I was when I was like 8% body fat. The thing is like, it's, it's a mindset that was instilled into you by yourself and by outside factors when you were a kid. And then it just stayed there because it was what you considered normal. Yeah. And so- like, uh, you're talking about not being able to like, or like looking at yourself in the mirror that like back in November, December, January of this past year or this past couple of whatever, it it was like, I wasn't ever looking myself in the eyes and getting to that point of being able to do that is that is, you know, seeing it's time to get going. Right. I feel like, I feel like you should be confident, but I personally believe you should never get comfortable. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Because Comfort leads to um, it's things falling apart. apart. You've yeah, got to keep it going. If you stay comfortable for too long, you become undisciplined. You become sometimes you become cocky. Yes, you're like right. If you're too comfortable where you at, you can. And like then for me, if I became comfortable where I was, uh, and I have friends that are so much better than me at what I do, my flips, the tricking, the free running. If I truly became comfortable where I was, I would be sitting there running around. Oh. I'm the, I'm the best at this. I'm the best at that. Reality, I'm not. Yeah. And the thing is, like... And that can be dangerous, too. That level of confidence. Because a lot of people who do your free running and stuff like that will do this on buildings. And confidence, if you've got too much confidence, something goes wrong and you are literally splatted. And that's that's where I think the line is between cocky and confident. Because if you're, you're confident, right. you yeah. can do it. You'll confident it. and cocky, yeah. Because if I go to do something... I know how to bail if I have to. That's yep. where I learned my air awareness like that. But if I get too cocky, like I, I can't do it for a fact, and I'm like, oh, he did it. I'm going to try it. 
and I try to hold That's when you through, get yourself hurt. That's where you really get hurt. Or if you're not confident enough and you throw it and then midair, you're like, oh, no, I'm backing out. You can't back out. Exactly. And You've got to you follow through. You have to have follow through. Like whenever I did the roof gap in that time, golf board, it was about 14 feet apart, about an eight foot high difference. Um, yeah. And there was no run up. I was confident I could do it because we got next to the alleyway on the ground and I made that jump standing or almost made the jump, but there, there's no height difference. Yeah. So I was like, okay, if I can almost do it flat, I can definitely do it with a height difference. That's fair. And yeah. that's where I stood up there. I looked at it for a solid like 30 minutes, if I'm being honest with no, you. No, yeah. I mean, you've got to, you have to see that mental barrier to be able to get around it. Yeah. You're like, oh my God. Where I was able to like actually do it. But then <laughs> it is, it's a very tight line because if you're, not confident enough, like I said, not even like freaking out. You could just like not commit to things. You would stay too comfortable and not commit to things you could really reach. Mm-hmm. Like if you stay too comfortable where you at, say you're working, say you work at a fast food place, right? And in reality, you want to open a business or launch your own chain. It gets really risky in the beginning, but then like if you're not confident enough, you're never going to take that step. You're going to be stuck at your wage. Wherever you are, and this can be taken if you're in a career and you want to be in something else that you think is going to make you happier, find that motivation somehow within yourself to, to take that first step, because that first step is the beginning of you forging your way to that, that where you want to be. Yeah. And like, if you have enough confidence, you'll make those sacrifices like me. I graduated high school and a lot of people are like, what are you going to do? What college are you going to? And I'm like, I'm not going to college. And dude, I've gotten so many weird eyes from that. I mean, but, it's just not for everyone. Yeah. And like, we'll talk about that for my career. One, all the education I need for my career, I either already have obtained in a confident way, not cocky, mm. but I know I can learn more. It's just, I don't need anything from a college point of view. My, a, a very good friend of mine, Jessica, who I went to school with for like, what fourth through 12th grade um she is just about to get her master's and it's mind blowing to me because like that amount of school just me thinking about going back to school for an extra couple of years um because i went i ended up having three and a half years of college so i would have had to go through i think what another half and then two more years so yeah even me thinking about doing that it makes me so anxious. But like, that's not even knowing what I would be doing it in. So getting it into that something and going into that field, that's still, I see those as all those mental barriers, yeah. all of those filters that I'd have to go through to get to a goal like a master's or something like that. But even still, I mean, it could be done. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. I feel like in certain scenarios and like certain career choices, college can be a very good thing. Mm-hmm. The way I look at it is if you want to work for somebody else, college way to go. Someone's going to look at your degree, be like, okay, you're the best choice. You'll get the best, you'll get a higher paying position and you could possibly even have more free time to enjoy your salary once you're in that position. But if you're trying to start your own thing, no license, like for a business license, you don't need a bachelor's degree in business and a master's in marketing. And then you don't need that. Yeah, exactly. You need experience. Yeah, exactly. We were talking about experience sometimes being better than education from like the, uh, the 
industry education prospect of like college, university, yeah. post grad shit. It's like, like how I feel like you need a lot more education combined with experience if you were to be a doctor or something like that. Yeah, exactly. But it's also with like my field. It's, it's all good. depending on what you're going into, you know? Yeah, it's like with my field of um, like free running and all this stuff. Like you can be told how to do it a thousand times. Like I teach tumbling, but it's got to be experience. Like I can tell you, like to do a double cork. Like I know by the words on how to do it. That's how I'm able to like my educational. And I can look at my clips and be like, okay, that's what I'm doing wrong. So I can improve it. But I'm also not going to get that feel and muscle memory unless I experience it. Even like when it comes to surgeons, talking about like doctors who have got to go to school and get this education for years. Like they're getting this experience on the side a lot of the times, but imagine if they weren't getting that experience on the side, they just go through eight to 12 years of schooling and then they've got no experience. And then it's what, like, yeah, you know, you stuff. know all the book stuff, but now what? They know exactly what vein to cut and all this stuff. You're like, starting out. done is yeah. hands are too shaky to even do it. And that's why they go uh, and in those colleges, they will do it alongside. They'll have like their residencies at hospitals while they're in school still. Yeah, like my buddy Kelly Walker. Um, I I love this dude. He uh is actually came a long way where he's at now. He's progressing a real good bit. But um, uh, the funny thing is, like when we first became friends, it took him two years to learn a standing back double round, back double round. Wow. But that's like he watched. We watched so many tutorials together. I told him a thousand times. He's known from his own clips on what to do to get it. Yeah. But he just didn't have the experience of it, so he was so scared to throw a flat. Like he, he honestly could have got it in like within a month. That'd be but my deal. That'd be my. He my was deal. so scared he would not throw anything but like a mattress or something, and he would not throw grass. I was so encouraging at like the first like four or five months, and then after that, I was just bullying him to do like, it. Like for me, I grow up hearing about, "Hey Joshua, now remember, you ever jump off that bridge, you're gonna literally break your neck and either die instantly or be paralyzed for the rest of your life." You know, hearing that stuff like that, I'm like, oh, God, doing a backflip. What if I land on my neck and die immediately? You know? <laughs> we're like on two different options of Sketchroom. I was told, <laughs> first time I was told not to jump off a bridge, I jumped off my roof the next day. <laughs> first time I ever sprained my ankle. This was back when I was a kid, too. Yeah, I'm talking like, like hey, Joshua, you're never going to be able to walk again. You know, eight-year-old, if you jump off that bridge. And I'm like, okay, thanks, I guess. But like, I was, it, I was like, it's not bad. <laughs> I I was just an anxious kid, you know. Yeah. Continued to be. I was, I guess, too oblivious to the consequences. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I was the kid, dude. I have a scar on my eyebrow because, like, I, dude, I still remember it vividly. It's, oh, is it? Yeah, it's like I could barely see it. Well, when I was three years old, like I wasn't bathing myself. My mom was bathing me, but like I was sitting bad, and she was taking too long, mm -hmm. and so I was like pretending I was Superman and stuff, and. I was like playing, you know, and then I jump out and I like grab the plunger thinking I'm going to like slide down like a fireman pole. Oh, no. And I just tripped over the toilet and on the corner of the sink of my head, boom. And oh. then look, <laughs> I'm just sitting there screaming. Nauseous. Everybody walks in. I'm butt naked on the floor. <laughs> blood everywhere. And my mom's just like. Oh. I'd have been screaming. Yeah, I'd have been like your mom. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Dude, I was a handful. So anyway, y'all down the beatbox for your outro? Beatbox, come on! Not Caleb. beatbox, whatever freestyle. freestyle. Oh my <laughs> lord, uh, dude, um, I prefer beatboxing. Fucking go! For I got you. I got you. I got you. You Do you wanna build a sniper?
I've never seen that done in person. That's incredible. <laughs> that's so cool. That's the outro. outro. No, yeah, that's the outro. That is the outro. <laughs> You've never done that before. Thanks for listening, everybody. No one ever heard that before.